0: You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast.
1: It's never too late to take steps to plan and to save. And if you think that uh, you should have started earlier in
0: life, don't let that prevent you from taking action now. Wondering if you're doing all you can with your wealth? Well, you can get a fresh perspective with a free retirement review and financial plan. Just visit plannedefv.com slash hermoney to schedule your appointment with a planner today. This special offer starts on April 8th and ends on April 12th. Hey, everybody, I'm Jean Chatsky. Thank you so much for joining me today on Her Money. I'm glad you're here for this special bonus episode because we're sitting down to tackle some of your incredible and incredibly important retirement questions. So many of you have written to us over the last few weeks with questions about your financial futures. And so we just decided to empty the mailbag and tackle them all. And I'm so glad that we're doing it today with the help of Rose Nyang. Rose is a certified financial planner. She is a chartered retirement planning counselor. She's director of financial planning at Edelman Financial Engines. She's also somebody that I have gotten to know, in the process of working on the Everyday Wealth show that I host with Soledad O'Brien, and we just love her. We love her because she takes this stuff and she makes it make sense and that's why I asked her to come on this show and help us out today. She's also got a decade of experience as a financial advisor, and she is joining us today from her home right outside of Atlanta. Hey Rose welcome thank you for having
1: me Jean. thank you
0: of course so. Before we are tackling the questions specifically, before we dive right in, what are you hearing? I mean, this is kind of a crazy market right now. The markets are more volatile than we've seen them in some time. We're coming out of the great resignation, and now they're starting to have headlines of people going back to work because they retired too soon. It just seems to be this sort of weird little moment in the retirement space. What are you seeing and what are you hearing?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think that for clients right now, a couple of things that will be top of mind are inflation, right, which is probably one of the motivators for people to go back to work. Another one, obviously, is the crisis with Ukraine and how that might impact the already strained supply chains that we are dealing with, the already higher prices and things like energy that we are dealing with. So those are some of the things that are floating around and clients are wanting to know
0: how are are they going to be impacted by this shift, as you've mentioned, in the economy, in the markets overall. And what is the most common piece of advice that you find yourself giving them these days?
1: We try to remind our clients that if they are prepared with a well-diversified portfolio and have a long-term plan, then just not to let their emotions get the best of them, right? Stay the course. If you have any questions, reach out to us, to their financial planners. Revisit your goals. Make sure they are still aligned with how your uh, portfolio is being managed. Rebalance whenever necessary, reallocate, reduce risk if that is more suitable uh, for you. And then if you are in retirement, think about your income needs, right? Be mm-hmm. very realistic about how inflation, for example, is impacting your need to maybe increase your distribution and then how we should adjust spending even at your discretion if necessary.
0: Yeah, that whole idea of retirement spending and having an actual spending plan for retirement is something that I think too many people have not really thought about. Like, what's it actually going to cost me to live in retirement? We've got a bunch of questions, and so I want to just dive in, get really tactical. Our first question comes from Allison, and she says, hey, Jean, as I approach my 40th birthday, I've got some questions around real estate and retirement. I am trying to decide whether to buy or sell a two-family home I own in a vibrant downtown in Massachusetts. The property is currently empty. I'm soon to become a foster parent, so I recently bought an additional two-bedroom condo in an adjacent town that's better for my journey into parenthood. On my new property, I took out a 30-year mortgage for $315,000 at 2.99% interest and put $10,000 down of the $350,000 selling price. I believe I could rent out the two units in my old property for around $3,000 a month total, if not for a bit more. Alternatively, I could sell it for an estimated $600,000 and invest that money in retirement. I have very little comfort with the stock market, and though I started studying personal finance in 2020, I still feel I started way too late to attempt to understand investing now. Right now I have only about $35,000 in retirement savings, around $20,000 in my emergency fund. My goal is to pay off my new condo mortgage in 20 years or less by age 60. I know it's better to go into retirement without a mortgage. So what do you think? Should I become a landlord for the next 20 years or so and use the rental income to pay my mortgage on my new condo? I could then sell the property in my 60s to fund my retirement Or do you think I should sell my current place now while the market is still hot and invest the proceeds? Well, first of all, Alison, congratulations on turning 40. Congratulations on your impending parenthood. All of these things are so exciting. And also just thank you for laying out so many details for us because it really, really helps when it comes to answering these questions. Rose, let me let you weigh in and then I'll give Allison my thoughts too. Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely.
1: Congratulations to Allison, and thank you for the question. What I would like to do is just take a look at a few things that will help us with this decision, right? What are the risks involved in being a landlord for 20 years? And what are the risks involved in investing the proceeds of a sale of a property? Right, And if you are going to make a commitment to any of these routes, you have to make sure that you have a strategy to help you succeed in both. So if you commit to being a landlord for 20 years, you must have a sound plan to keep the property up to date, to shorten any vacancies between tenants a plan for regular maintenance, to take care of other regular tenant needs, changing of air filters is is one that will come to mind. And this can be not only a big-time commitment, but also a monetary commitment as well. And as to investing the proceeds of the house, I want to start by saying, first of all, that if you have a 20-year time horizon, today is always a good time to buy the market. However, you will need to outline your goals outline the income needs in retirement, be realistic about the level of risk that you are comfortable taking, and commit to having a professional help you that will have always your best interests at heart. As a parent myself, I think that investing in a well-diversified portfolio with a trusted financial planner is a lot less time-consuming and historically have more predictable outcomes than being a landlord. So those are my thoughts, Jean.
0: Yeah, I got to say, I'm pretty much with you on that. So I get that you have little comfort with the stock market, but I also think that it's not all that difficult to put your money into a low-cost, diversified portfolio. You could buy a couple of well-diversified index funds that have very, very little in the way of fees and expenses. And I think probably out-earn what you could earn in rent. And the reason I say that is that I just sort of quickly ran some numbers for you. So if you take about 600000 in profit from this property and you invest all of it, if you earn around 6% a year that is $36,000. That's the same as the amount of money that you think that you're going to get from rent. If you manage to do better than that, and historically over time, the markets have done better than that, then you're in the black, right? You're doing better and you don't have to unstop toilets. And I just, at this point in your life where you are thinking about becoming a parent, which is such a big commitment, unless there's something in you that really says, look, this is my first rental property, it's not my last, this is how I want to build a stream of income that is gonna sustain me through my life, I'd let the property go and I'd invest the money. So that's two votes for doing that. The other thing that I would say to you is that $600,000 is a lot of money. And that is just an inflection point that you should use to make an appointment with a financial advisor. Doesn't have to be a financial advisor that you see every quarter. Doesn't have to be one that you even see twice a year, but make an appointment and get yourself the beginnings of a plan so that you know what to do with this money and can start putting it to work when you receive it. And I think you're good to go and happy birthday again. Thanks so much for writing. Our next question comes to us from Elizabeth. She says, hey, Jean, I'm 60 years old. I live in L.A. where I've been living and working for the last 20 years. During my career, I've done well for myself, but not well enough to afford the kind of retirement I would want while also maintaining my property in L.A. As I start to think about retirement, the amount I'll need is going to hinge heavily on where I live. And while part of me says I should keep working as long as I can and save as much as I can, the other part of me is saying, if I can retire several years ahead of schedule, I need to do it. My adult daughter, son-in-law, and grandchildren live in Tennessee. They seem to love the area. I'm considering moving there, but I don't want my daughter to feel any pressure if and when I do. Not only would it save me money to be there, it would also enable me to spend more time with my grandchildren, something I don't do nearly enough of. I've already saved enough to afford to retire in Tennessee, and if that's my plan, I can think about leaving my job next year. But if I'm staying in LA or possibly moving to another more expensive part of the country, I'm probably looking at another eight to 10 years of working. So I've got two questions. First, is there a recommended way to feel my daughter out about moving closer? If she were to be offered an amazing job opportunity in New York the week after I moved to Tennessee, I don't want my presence to be a burden, or carry the weight of certain expectations. My second question is, am I thinking about this all wrong? Should I just save the same amount of money in retirement no matter where I plan on living and just keep working as long as I'm able? I own a home worth $1.2 million and have about the same amount saved in my 401K. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, there is a lot here, Elizabeth. Let me just tackle the non-financial part first. You need to have a heart-to-heart with your daughter. And I would start by asking whether she plans on staying in Tennessee without raising the issue of what you're thinking. I think that that is the very best way to get an honest read on what her goals and her dreams are. And after she tells you that, then you can say, this is why I'm asking. And basically, lay out the fact that you are thinking of moving, thinking of retiring, and that you really don't want to put pressure on her so that you'd like her honest assessment of all of this. I'd also think about what your plans are for your life as an individual in Tennessee. How are you going to spend your time? are you going to maintain your job and work remotely? Are you going to find some part-time work in order to plug into the community or find a volunteer position? Are you going to live in an over-50 community where you are likely to make a lot of friends very quickly? All of these things, I think, might make your daughter feel like your being there is not as reliant on her, which reading between the lines, it sounds like your intention. The other thing is you might be surprised. Like she may just look at this as the greatest gift ever. She may think, oh, my God, my friends have parents in the community. Those parents really help take care of the kids. They are around. They can be counted on. So it could go any number of ways. But before you make any decisions, you got to have this conversation. Now, as far as the money, Rose, what do you think?
1: So this just highlights the fact that personal finance generally is not just about the money, right? It's about how you can use that money as a tool to help you accomplish your goals. And because there is some level of uncertainty here, right, when it comes to not only when she should retire, but where she should retire and whether or not those plans will change once she is retired. It is critical that she sits down, right, with a comprehensive financial planner that can help her look at this. If you are my client, I will run multiple scenarios. A scenario around when is the best age to retire in California and how much we can realistically spend if we were to retire in California, right? Another plan around retiring and moving to Tennessee based on the cost of living there. And a final scenario around if she were to retire in Tennessee and then have to move back to a high cost of living state, Can she still do it without having to worry about going back to work, for example, or having to run out of money? And I truly believe, actually, Jean, that if these scenarios are planned out, it will be a best way to demonstrate to her daughter that she will not be a burden on her, right? Mm -hmm. That her daughter can make her own financial and familial decisions without having to worry about mom, right? And she also stated in the question that she knows she has enough to retire in Tennessee, If this was an outcome that was revealed through working with a financial advisor or financial planner, go back to them and have them run these other scenarios that I've outlined. And if you don't have a financial planner, it's about time to get one uh, to help you maneuver all of this uncertainty around this decision making.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one factor that neither of us raised was Social Security, right? And we know... Typically, you're better off if you can wait to tap Social Security. Well, that just raises a whole bunch of other questions, Elizabeth, about where the money to live on is going to come from until you tap Social Security. So there's a lot of factors at play here and a lot of tax considerations. I just want to direct you to, we did a an episode of Everyday Wealth just recently where we talked about a phased retirement, a retirement that sort of comes in phases, which is a notion that I think a lot of people and a lot of companies are grabbing on to right now. So you can get that as a podcast if you go to plan EFE.com on the Everyday Wealth page. It's also wherever you got this podcast, you can get that podcast. So just give that a listen as well. And while I'm talking about that, let me just remind everyone that Her Money is sponsored by Edelman Financial Engines. We know these letters are just evidence that you all work really hard to get where you are, but it's also really important that you are sure you're getting the most out of your wealth. If you visit planefe.com slash hermoney, you have an opportunity right now to schedule a free retirement review. It comes with a financial plan, and you can do that right now. And what you'll get is a fresh perspective on how to take advantage of the different opportunities that you're looking at and how to get the most out of your financial plan. To schedule this appointment, you go to planefe.com slash hermoney. It's a special offer. It starts on April 8th. It ends on April 12th. And I just want to point out all of these planners are fiduciaries. That means they're going to operate with your best interest in mind. And you guys all know that's something that's really important to me. We are talking with Rose Niang. She's a certified financial planner, one of those fiduciaries and director of financial planning at Edelman Financial Engines. Our next question comes to us from Michelle. She writes, hey, Jean, I find myself in need of some baby steps, hope, direction, and hand-holding. You mentioned in a previous episode how you've helped guide your daughter in her financial life. I wish I was young again when it comes to saving. I wish my parents had told me. I wish I had a financial planner when I was young. I wanted to ask... Are there any nonprofits or other organizations that exist to help educate Boomer women on their money or help Boomer women to save who unfortunately got a late start? Please consider offering some resources to all of us who have blown it and feel scared, lost, confused, humiliated, upset, and much more when it comes to being too late to save during our retirement years. Oh, Michelle, I wish I had some more details on your financial life because I so believe that if you've been listening to this show that you're doing better than you think you're doing. Sometimes we are our own worst critics. I'm gonna direct you to a foundation called Savvy Ladies. Savvy Ladies is run by a financial advisor named Stacy Francis, and this is exactly what they do. They offer pro bono, not-for-profit advice from financial advisors to women. And we'll put the link in the show notes, but by all means, you should 100% reach out to them. And If there are any other specifics that you wanna give me, write me again and ask, and I'm happy to dig into those as well. The nice thing about retirement is that it lasts a lot longer than it used to. And even working just an additional one or two years in order to delay social security, has the potential to put a whole lot more money in your pocket for a very, very long time. So go ahead and give that a shot. Anything to add to her, Rose? Yeah, I just want to thank Michelle for her question, but also for
1: her courage, right? A lot of times the unknown is scarier than the known. Yeah. I would also say, just to echo what you said, uh, Jean, that it's never too late to take steps to plan and to save. And if you think that uh, you should have started earlier in life, don't let that prevent you from taking action now. Every bit is going to help. And as you alluded to, there are still lots of positive planning steps that Michelle can take to improve her current financial position. And it will always be better than doing nothing, right? And as for resources, you mentioned Savvy Ladies. I'm also going to mention just your website, hermoney.com. It will be a great resource just For basic education, as well as for pro bono financial planning services, she can also go to the Foundation for Financial Planning. They do offer pro bono services and their volunteers are like me, practicing financial planners. You can also go to Financial Planning Association, which is the largest community of CFPs. They provide free, no strings attached financial planning services to guide those that are in need. You should also consider, like Jean was saying, because if you are listening to shows like this, you probably are doing better than you think. Consider sitting down with a fiduciary financial planner that can review where you are now and what you need to do in order to get to and stay on track. Financial planning, you know, many think that it's just for those who have saved a lot and figured it out early. I would argue that it's even more crucial for those who have not done all of that just quite yet. They will be able to benefit the most.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. Absolutely. Before we take our last question, I want to remind everyone that her money is supported by BCU. BCU is a marvelous credit union that helps its members take control of their money using a whole host of financial tools and financial resources. BCU's passion is to empower people to discover financial freedom by providing caring support and services that create the value that you deserve. You can learn more at www.bcu.org. Our final question today comes from Lori. She says, hey, Jean, I'm a 30-something year old. My employer just started offering a Roth 403B option. My partner contributes to a traditional 403B and will continue to do so. I make about $70,000 a year and expect that's what I will be spending in retirement every year. My question is, does it make sense to start contributing to a Roth 403B or just contribute directly to my Roth IRA? That's the only retirement plan I've been contributing to the last few years. This Roth stuff is confusing help. Yes, Lori, this Roth stuff is really confusing. It used to be a little simpler when you just had the Roth IRA, but now that there are Roth 401ks and Roth 403bs, I think the big advantage of work-based retirement plans is that they take the money right out of your paycheck. They make it automatic. They make it easy for you. And as long as you're not paying a host of fees, on your work-based retirement plan. And you should look at that. They have to disclose it. It gives you the opportunity to just do it in your sleep and often to put away more than you can put away in a Roth IRA. The limits on what you can put into a Roth 403B are higher. A Roth 401k two are higher than what you can put into a Roth IRA. And if you've been listening to this show for a while, You know that I like the idea of having different buckets of money, pre-tax and post-tax, that you can pull from in retirement. I think it just gives you a lot of additional options. Last point, if you can afford to do it now, if you can afford to contribute 100% to that Roth and pay the taxes now and not pay them later... I think that's a good move as well. But I know that I'm not always in sync with everybody on that one. What do you think, Rose? Yeah, you you made a great point that uh, a
1: Roth 43B allows you to contribute more, right? So if you are contributing into a Roth IRA, Lori, you able to do that $6,000 being in your 30 something years old. If you were contributing to a Roth 43B, that contribution limit increases to 20,500. So you have more wiggle room there to contribute if you can afford it. Yes, having different legs to the retirement planning stool always gives you more options later when you are retired and let's say thinking about how to take your money out in a tax efficient way, right? So having a pre-tax amount. So like your partner is contributing into a traditional 403 that is pre-tax money And then having some tax-free money, that's the Roth portion, always is going to give you more options in retirement when you are trying to figure out how to spend money in the most tax-efficient way. So, But I do hope that you are also contributing tax-deferred in your 403B if possible. This will allow you to save more money because you don't have to pay taxes on that now in hopes to
0: getting to that goal of being able to spend $70,000 a year when you retire. Amazing. Great advice. Even better questions, right? These were great questions today. So thank you so much to our amazing listeners. Thank you, Rose. This was so much fun. We'll have to do it again. Thank you, Jean, for having me. It's been a pleasure. And if you've got a question that you didn't hear, a question that you've been thinking about, we'd love you to write to us. You can do so anytime by emailing mailbag at hermoney.com. We'll pick it right up. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show at Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review, we love hearing what you think. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Edelman Financial Engines and BCU. We produce this podcast out of CDM Sound Studios. Our music is provided by Video Helper and our show comes to you through Megaphone. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk soon.